1: hour number two of the morning after right here on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 the new home for sports grid radio on sirius xm i wonder what i have to stop saying the new home but just a reminder it is the new home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens this is a football Friday but we take a short pause from the football to look at some college basketball but later in this second hour we will go back to the football in the college realm to get a touch base with our man Joe Lisi sports grids college football analyst to look at some of those early lines for the college football playoff national championship some of the biggest storylines throughout this week in which there have been many around the college football space Maybe some early bowlings as well. Only one game this weekend, of course, the Army-Navy game. We get Joe's thoughts on that, the Heisman Trophy presentation. And then next weekend, we're into the thick of bowl season. We will do that in this second hour right here on the grid. But let us begin with college basketball. What a night for college basketball in the state of New Jersey. Yeah, in New Jersey last night at the Prudential Center, number 23, Seton Hall pulls off the upset against number seven, Texas. Seton Hall opened up early in the day as an underdog, flipped to a slight one and a half point favorite by the time we got to tip, and Seton Hall covers with a win over the Longhorns, 64 to 60 in the Prudential Center in Newark last night. It is the second win for Hall Ball against a top. 10 team this year they also beat number four michigan in the wolverines place back in the early portion of this college basketball regular season seton hall this year now five and three against the spread meanwhile texas has already lost twice this year and two good teams gonzaga being the first one and seton hall on the road a top 25 opponent but that is to be said my good friend kevin walsh made this point yesterday on his program the early line that Outside of the Seton Hall game and that Gonzaga game, every other spread for Texas was 21 points or more. So they haven't really played the stiffest competition outside of Gonzaga and outside of Seton Hall, and they have lost both of those games outright. Texas opened the year tied for the second shortest odds to win the national championship at 12 to 1, now currently 18 to 1 on the FanDuel Sportsbook a big win for Seton Hall but it gets even more escalated a few miles away in Piscataway New Jersey at a place I will never call the Jersey Mike's Arena it is always going to be known as the rack in my mind your family your religion Rutgers basketball as the famous Jimmy V said in this game Rutgers Gets the upset over the number one team in the country, the Purdue what? Boilermakers. Kevin Walsh still in studio and still fired up. The Walsh family, not a huge fan of the Boilermakers. So, a big win for the Walsh family last night. Egging on Rutgers to pull off a 70 to 68 upset over the number one team in the country, Ron Harper Jr. Final seconds of the game after Purdue takes a slight 68-67 lead. Thanks to a Trevion Williams bucket to put the Boilers ahead. Ron Harper Jr. finds his way through the Purdue defense from nearly half court. Hoists one for the win. Got it. As time expires, a buzzer beater for Ron Harper Jr. and the Scarlet Knights. A 70-68 win over the Purdue Boilermakers. Ron Harper Jr., a fantastic night in the rack. 30 points. 30 points. 10 rebounds to lead the way for Rutgers in that game winning three-pointer from nearly half court to give Rutgers the upset victory and Rutgers wins outright as a nearly 14 point underdog against the number one team in all the land the Purdue Boilermakers as we welcome in our sports radio audience here to the second hour of the morning after on this football Friday football Friday talking about college basketball right now you are listening on Sirius XM channel 159 the mightier 1090 out on the west coast in all of our radio affiliates welcome in here on this Friday I'm Ben Stevens Rutgers the upset over number one Purdue last night 70 to 68 winning outright as a 14 point underdog often based on one game result you don't see a lot of movement in the futures market but as it pertains to the national championship market, Purdue actually had a little bit of market movement against them. They entered last night plus 700, the second shortest odds to win the Natty. Now 8-1, to one, only a $1, dollar, I understand. And again, it's a loss this early on in the year, but that's interesting to see that market movement just based off one single result for Purdue, the number one team in the country, going down at the hands of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Say it with me again, friends. Your family, your religion, Rutgers basketball. A huge upset win over purdue last night also to round out our college basketball recap in a game featuring another big 10 team iowa against its rival iowa state and iowa got hammered by iowa state last night the number 17 team in the country the cyclones who nobody expected this from entering the year improved to a perfect 9-0 a perfect 6-0 straight up at home and they beat the rival hawkeyes 73 to 53 this line stood out to me early in the day it still continues to stand out to me because iowa state won by 20 and they were booked as a five-point underdog at home in ames last night against the iowa hawkeyes great wins already this year for the cyclones iowa creighton memphis xavier guess what iowa state was booked as an underdog in all four of those games they've won outright all four times they've been booked as an underdog this year. This is already an impressive resume for an Iowa State team. We did not expect this from, and you can still... See that expectation in the Big 12 championship market right now for the Cyclones. Still the seventh best odds to win the Big 12 conference, 27 to 1. Meanwhile, Iowa has lost three straight games after starting off this season a perfect unbeaten record as well. We continue looking at college hoops to get you set for your weekend. You know me. I'm a guy that loves to run the zone. We run the zone on the other side of the break here on The Morning After right back here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens yes this is a football friday and we will talk football coming up here in our next segment first in the college realm with sports grid cfb analyst joe lisi for a couple of segments and then the nfl in our third and final hour but we also like to give you the winning edge at all times getting ahead of the edge even so you can be the sharpest edge And we can do that in college basketball. It's interesting to discuss college hoops on a Friday looking forward to the weekend. Because not that many top 25 teams play on Friday evenings. But there are a ton of great games on Saturday in college basketball. What makes it difficult then is oftentimes until about 18 to 24 hours prior to tip. You don't have lines set by the sportsbook so i can't come on here and tell you that arizona is going to be a favorite in their game a huge matchup against illinois or who might be the favored side between houston and alabama a top 15 tilt on saturday evening as well but we can still discuss it from a trend perspective and everything that you would need to know surrounding those games to get you set for the weekend that's what we do in the zone yes you know that i am a syracuse alum i love the 2-3 zone everything that I live and breathe when it comes to college hoops is about the zone so whether it's a 2-3 a 1-3-1 one, one, a 1-1-3 one, one, trap principles all around the half court line we are going to run the zone right here let's start with a game tonight a former top 25 team a preseason top 25 team the Memphis Tigers, so much hype heading into this year for Penny Hardaway and his team. Of course, Amani Bates, Jalen Duran, some of the biggest recruits to ever make it to Memphis for college basketball outside of guys like Derrick Rose under the John Calipari era, at least here in the last decade. It has not been a great start to this year for Memphis. They started off a perfect 5-0 straight up, but now they have lost three straight games and are leaking, leaking oil. Tonight they will be a double-digit favorite against Murray State, currently favored by 11 points at last check. The over/under total 143 and a half. Obviously these lines fluctuate throughout the day, and especially as we get closer to tip Friday evening. Memphis has been a favorite in every game, just three and five against the spread. Obviously in this three-game losing skid, they have not covered in three straight. As well, they've also gone under in four of their last five games. I bring that up because in three of their last four contests. Memphis has scored 70 points or less. You would expect a team under Penny Hardaway Jr. with as much talent as Jalen Duran and Imani Bates to be a regular team, especially in the non-conference slate, to be scoring 75, 80 points. That has not been the case for Memphis. The low scoring offensive outputs may be why Memphis is on this three game losing skid. And again, this is a Memphis Tigers team that had a lot of hype entering this year. Maybe a long shot with some good plus money in the preseason to possibly be a final four team to be in contention for cutting down the nets the nets excuse me in early April prior to the year Memphis was plus 2300 23 to one to win the national championship following this three game losing streak now Memphis 49 to one over $25 of movement against the Memphis Tigers in the marketplace. That's how bad it has been for Penny & Co. in the last couple of games. Maybe they bucked that trend tonight against Murray State. A team that is seven in 7-1 so far this season, but they haven't really played all that many great teams. This will be the first time that Murray State, the racers of Murray State... Or an underdog all year long. So right now, Memphis, again, an 11-point favorite, will be favored by double digits most likely in this contest on a Friday night against Murray State. Memphis on a three-game losing skid. They need to stop the bleeding right now they have lost three in a row an opportunity to get back to it their odds to win the national championship 23 to 1 49 to 1 now as it stands on the FanDuel sportsbook that plus 2300 number was their number and their price entering this college basketball campaign so as we look at the conference championship market as well not just national championship but conference championship like i mentioned a couple of great games on the saturday slate in college basketball in store on the docket and we are excited for them but we don't have the lines out as of yet lines that we do have odds to win the pac 12 and ucla is the favorite and rightfully so a final four team from a season ago at plus 125 but look at those arizona wildcats plus 165 right now to win the pac 12 regular season crown and their odds have gotten shorter and shorter why arizona is off to a perfect eight and start they are also tied for the third best ATS record in all of college hoops they are seven in one against the spread so far this year and listen to this they are covering by an average margin of 15.7 points per game and they have been a favorite in all but one game the one game they wasn't they were an underdog was against a big 10 foe they beat the Michigan Wolverines outright Arizona will be playing a big 10 foe tomorrow Illinois So, things to keep in mind. If you see Arizona even as a favorite or an underdog, the Wildcats have been so good against the number. Again, 7-1 ATS tied for the third best against the spread record in all of college basketball, covering by nearly 16 points per game. And that one time they were an underdog against Michigan, they won that game outright, 80-62 by 8 Points. Arizona also over in six of their last seven games. Illinois off to a shaky start this year, but now that Kofi Coburn back in the fold, back in the rotation, they're starting to look a little bit better there in Champaign, Illinois. A great matchup in the non conference portion of both teams' schedule. Arizona and Illinois tomorrow. Again, Arizona, the second shortest odds to win the Pac 12, thanks to an 8 0 start straight up, plus 165 right now to win the Pac 12 regular season title closing that gap on ucla in the conference of champions and then from the pac 12 to the national championship market a great top 15 tilt saturday night to round out the slate of college basketball number 14 houston number nine alabama now alabama has had pretty much a week off since they pulled off a stunner last weekend against gonzaga they beat gonzaga outright as a excuse nine and a half point underdog I was checking my notes to make sure I had the correct line there Alabama beat Gonzaga outright as a nine and a half point underdog Gonzaga the number one team in the country to begin the year still the team with the shortest odds to win the national championship and still increasingly short but Alabama right now the 12th best odds to win the natty at 26 to one you will see Houston, Right ahead of them, the 11th best odds to win the national championship at 24 to one. Houston this year, the Cougs eight and one straight up, six and three against the spread, covering by nearly 11 points per game on average. They have been a favorite in every single game. Alabama seven and one straight up this year, six and two against the spread. They have only been an underdog once. It's when they beat Gonzaga outright by nine, or excuse me, by a lot more points, but they were a nine and a half point underdog, a top 15 tilt where Houston, the number 14 team in the country, has the 11th best odds to win the national championship at 24 to 1, where Bama, the number nine team in the country, has the 12th best odds to win the national championship at 26 to 1. That is how things look right now when you look at the national championship board on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, take a look at where that stands as you look at the national championship board on FanDuel. You will see Gonzaga there the shortest odds at plus 500. Since Kevin Walsh and I did our market movers segment, by the way, earlier in the week, highlighting how maybe Gonzaga's odds were way too short. They have actually got a little bit longer. Maybe FanDuel watching the program on a daily basis. Plus 500 now for Gonzaga. Duke, the second shortest odds at plus 750. Purdue, plus 800. Kansas, 11 to one. Baylor, the reigning national champions, at 16 to one as well. Texas going down last night against Seton Hall in new jersey they are now 18 to 1 to win the national title they were 12 to 1 tied for the second best odds entering this season now plus 1800 so a great slate of college basketball for you on your saturday because we only have one college football game it is a great college football game filled with pageantry and tradition the reasons that we love college football army navy metlife stadium tomorrow afternoon an over under total that you can eat your heart out with 34 and a half the black knights of army a seven and a half point favorite the navy midshipman the underdog in this matchup the 122nd time these two rivals i say in air quotes will meet tomorrow it is going to be great theater and we asked joe lisi about that game and the rest of the landscape around college football coming up next year on the morning after stay with us after the break We are back to the football on a football Friday, right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome on our guy, Joe Lisi, Sports Grid's college football analyst, joining us once again on a football Friday to look forward to the weekend. And really, Joe, just some of the biggest headlines and storylines around college football. Only one game this weekend. We'll break it down here in just mere moments: Army. Navy for the 122nd time but also hit on some of the biggest storylines around the country because as we have seen in the past week and a half Joe the head coaching carousel has been spinning at a nuclear rate and there have been so many changes that have big impacts to premier programs across CFB we'll do all of that here but first and foremost Joe welcome back to a football Friday on TMA.
2: Oh, it's a great weekend of college football, right? The one and only game, Army and Navy, doesn't get better than this. First time, been in MetLife uh, Met Stadium, fifth time in the state of New Jersey, Heisman Trophy on tap. And then you mentioned these coaching changes. Virginia now, there's there's rumblings about Virginia Man. and possibly Michigan OC Josh Gaddis getting that job who thought that the the Virginia coaching search would take major turns from from Anthony Poindexter to Tony Elliott now to Josh Gaddis amazing I mean when Bronco Mendenhall announced
1: his that he was resigning that was shocking in itself pretty much everything we have seen from a college football head coaching perspective has been shocking here in the last week and a half two weeks but Joe let's begin with the one game on the docket this weekend The Army-Navy game. Army, a a seven-and-a-half point favorite right now over the midshipmen of Navy. The over-under total is an absolute thing of beauty. 34 (laughs) in a hook. Joe, how do you approach this matchup between the Black Knights of Army and the midshipmen of Navy?
2: Well, it's a tale of two teams, right? Navy owned the early portion of the decade, and now it's been owned by the Army cadets. And this game was played on campus last year due to COVID. Army started fast, completely made Navy's offense one-dimensional. And that's saying a lot in terms of the triple option, right? Put them into Long third down situations. Army has a very attacking defense. You look at their body of work this year, went toe to toe with a very physical offense and defensive line in Camp Randall against Wisconsin. They were 13 and a half, 14. Point underdog lost that ballgame by six points. They're eight and three on the road uh, on the year. You look at Navy, they're three and eight, but went toe to toe with top ranked Cincinnati as well, almost pulled that ballgame out, lost 27 to 20. So it's going to be a great atmosphere. Army clearly is the more complete team offensively and defensively, but in a rivalry game in MetLife on the big stage, I'm going to take Kenny Niama Aloho and the Navy midshipman oh. plus plus the points in this ballgame.
1: And that hook could be very important because as Mark Zinno, who was on the show earlier, a lieutenant colonel in the Army National Guard over two decades of service, who is always saying, go Army, beat Navy. But as he said, these aren't like weird football games. You're not going to see people going for two or pick sixes that run up the score. It's going to be 17-14, 21-17, maybe even 21-14 in having that hook in anybody's advantage in this case navy's advantage around that key touchdown number could be very very important and joe the over under total of 34 and a half is the way that it is because you have army who runs the ball at the highest percentage in all of college football 87.5 percent of the plays for the cadets this year on the ground navy the third highest rushing play percentage in the country over 84 percent of their plays coming through the ground attack as well so time of possession will be key you look at that over under total and i said this earlier joe and i love your thoughts on it navy has not been great offensively this year army can score we saw them put up 56 points in a 70 to 56 game against wake forest earlier in this college football season but navy a bottom 20 scoring offense in the country this year only averaging just a little bit above 20 points per game so if i'm looking at this from an under perspective of what already is a very very minimal total i might be looking to a navy team total under for the army navy game tomorrow
2: that's a good way to go ben i mean here's what i suggest and i like navy in the matchup to keep it within the number if you want to bet this game and you're not in the state in new jersey obviously the game played in met life you can't gamble uh, within state here. You have to go to Pennsylvania and yeah. some of the surrounding states. But I covered this game yep. last year in terms of the in-game perspective. And, you know, it drops like a rock. You get a scoreless first quarter. That you're going to get a total potentially in the 20s or or may- maybe even 17 and a half like it was in the fourth quarter of that ball game last year. So yeah. you can potentially jump on the over in that regard. I am a com- complete contrarian player when it comes to this game and that's why the trend is your friend because it's like 13 14 straight unders in this matchup but when's the last time we saw an overtime game between eight army and navy i would like to see that so i might play yeah. this from an over perspective in game you never know because army air force that game was right down to the wire earlier in the year as well
1: that Commander-in-Chief's trophy not really at stake. Army will have it if they maintain it and bring it back to West Point. But a win certainly seals the deal and ends the regular season for Army, who is going bowling with a big victory over Navy. I would love, Joe, to see this go to overtime and to see that two-point shootout played by two teams that run the triple option just running the triple option trying to get two yards on the ground against the team that's very good against stopping that type of offensive system in fact army has the 12th best rushing defense in the country as well only allowing 110 yards per game on the ground the army navy game for the 122nd time at life stadium tomorrow afternoon it will be a lot of fun the pageantry the tradition of college football that's why we love it and that is certainly on full display between army and and Navy tomorrow. Also, Joe, the Heisman Trophy presentation. It's all but locked up. Bryce Young was minus 6,000 to win the Heisman Trophy, the Alabama quarterback, after his sensational performance in the SEC title game. In fact, Joe Fandle's not even hanging odds anymore. (laughs) Bryce Young has won the Heisman Trophy. But the other three finalists that will be in New York City, Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for Pitt, the Ohio State quarterback in C.J. Stroud, and the very talented edge rusher for Michigan in Aiden Hutchinson. Again, my plea to the Heisman Trophy Committee, just invite everybody that is worthy of it. It can change on a yearly basis. Will Anderson should be there, and Kenneth Walker III should be there as well. So, Joe, not many surprises about the Heisman Trophy. It's Bryce Young's pose to strike tomorrow here in New York City.
2: It is. And and let's look back over the last couple of years, right? When Tua was there, and a lot of fans thought that Tua would be the first Alabama quarterback to hoist a the Heisman. Then we get that dynamic performance by Mac Jones last year 77% completion percentage. It looked like he and Kyle Trask were the two front runners. And then all of a sudden, his team, teammate, Devontae Smith, steals the show. Now, Bryce Young wasn't really on the radar. He was there at the start of the year, but then all the hoop loss yep. around the Matt Corral, Kenneth Walker. And in the end, when you tack on 350-plus on the top-ranked Georgia defense, put up 41 points in that SEC championship game, just go lights out and added a rushing touchdown in that performance. That basically solidified it for me. Bryce Young clearly deserves the Heisman at this point. Going to be very interesting to see, though, in terms of the playmakers for 2022
1: and how quickly it has shifted as well because Bryce Young was the underdog in this market entering the final weekend of the regular season it was CJ Stroud at minus 220 to win the Heisman trophy but then his team got knocked off by Michigan in the game Uh, Bryce Young was struggling against the Auburn defense until he rallied that team late in the fourth quarter to force quadruple overtime in a win in the Iron Bowl for the Alabama Crimson Tide and then put together that wonderful and masterful performance against one of the best and most dominant defenses we have seen in recent memory against Georgia. Bryce Young was plus 450 entering the regular season finale, minus 6,000. When the odds were still up there, now they no longer are. Bryce Young most likely, unless something really unforeseen happens, near us here in New York City, will strike the Heisman Trophy pose tomorrow as the winner. Of the Heisman Trophy for this season. So Joe, also storylines abound when it comes to the college football coaching carousel. One of the biggest stories of this week. Mario Cristobal returning to Miami. Leaving Oregon. Manny Diaz gets fired by the Canes. Mario Cristobal, the new head coach. For the hurricanes who are in action this bowl season on new year's eve day before the college football playoff miami will take on washington state right now on the FanDuel sportsbook miami a slight two and a half point favorite not so much for this bowl game joe in the sun bowl but what did you make of mario cristobal's move back to miami
2: well, uh, it, it was surprising. And it was surprising in the sense, Ben, that, you know, after they got abused by Utah in back-to-back games, that he was still as hot of a commodity for the Miami Hurricanes as I previously thought. And, and from a facility mm. perspective, I still have to give the edge to Phil Knight in that Oregon uh, outs-in type of situation there. I mean, pumping money into the program, West Coast Appeal, I'm shocked that Mario Cristobal jumped ship. But, you know, he's back home in Miami. Now the rebuild's going to be very, very interesting and very hard in my opinion let's not forget in terms of the teams within the state that he has to compete against mike norvell in florida state you know now we have billy napier at florida going to be very difficult to go up against both of those teams we'll see how it plays out wins and losses really drive the bus and we'll see if they can get a a jump on the season with a quality bowl opponent in washington state even though chris ball's not coaching he'll be there
1: Right, an interim staff in place, the Canes right now a two-and-a-half-point favorite for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. All of the fun names that we have in bowl season against Wazoo, who was great this year when booked as an underdog. Also, Joe, we got a little bit of news earlier this week that the Pittsburgh quarterback, Kenny Pickett, a Heisman finalist, is not so sure if he is going to play in the Peach Bowl, a New Year's Six Bowl, against Michigan State. That line has come down in the Spartans' favor. Right now, Michigan State just a one-point underdog, both teams, minus 110 on the money line. We take an early look at that bowl season, only about two weeks away. We do that next year on a football Friday on the morning after. Stay with us. a football friday another college football segment right here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network and for this second straight segment we are joined by sports grid's college football analyst joe lisi i am ben stevens we will look forward to bowl season joe because this weekend only one game of course army navy we just broke that down the heisman trophy ceremony and then after that we get ready for bowl season. It starts next weekend and then it continues on for multiple weeks. Obviously, everybody will focus on the college football playoff semifinals and the New Year's Six bowls, but there's a lot of great matchups outside of that in bowl season as well. And let's start with one that is going to be very interesting from an interim coaching staff perspective. In fact, the Valero Alamo Bowl is the highest-ranked Alamo Bowl matchup between two sides in the history of this bowl game. It's Oklahoma and it's Oregon, two top 20 teams facing off in the Alamo Bowl, but both with new head coaches next season. Of course, Lincoln Riley leaving OU and going to USC. Enter Brett Venables, the former defensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and then most recently at Clemson. Oregon right now reaching out to Chip Kelly once again, trying to find their replacement for Mario Cristobal. So, Joe, when you break this down a really any bowl game from this perspective because I think your handicapping here could work for people as they examine other bowl games when you have so many uncertainties and when you have interim coaching staffs in place and what might the motivation level be and people opting out of these bowl games to focus on the NFL draft even with a great game on paper between Oregon and Oklahoma what do you make of this matchup and how do you approach bowl season
2: yeah, that's a great point, Ben. And we have to keep in mind. Obviously, Lincoln Riley moved on to USC. Bob Stoops, the former Oklahoma coach, will be the coach in this matchup. But five assistant coaches, including uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch, will not coach in this ball game. They moved on to either join Lincoln Riley or go to another staff. So that's going to be a detriment for the Oklahoma Sooners. And that, let's not forget. For Oregon, their star defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau is out of this ball game. He's declared for the NFL draft. So now we have two situations and a team in Oregon. In terms of their last performance, that is not good. They got absolutely blown out in the Pac-12 championship game. Their head coach bolts for the University of Miami. So all signs lead mm-hmm. to the Oklahoma in this ball game, but. I look a little bit deeper. Early on, you have a senior quarterback in Anthony Brown that did not step up in terms of his performance against a very solid defense in Utah. You have a very solid rushing attack with Travis Dye. The seniors on that team, I think, will look to make a statement for the Oregon Ducks. Let's not forget, last year at this time, they walked through the motions against a very physical Iowa State team and got blown out on a New Year's Six Bowl. I think Oregon plus the points could be a live dog. Now, I don't love this play, but that's the way I would look in in terms of taking the points in this matchup. Even though Caleb Williams and that offense is dynamic, he's still a raw quarterback. He's a freshman. Time off and preparation, I think, could be a detriment for Caleb Williams and that offensive line, even though they have a, a coach in Bob Stoops that's been there and done that. It's been a long time since Bob Seuss was on the sidelines. In fact, go back to his days in the XFL with Landry Jones and the Dallas Renegades didn't quite stand up to that level and cover the spread back in the day. Absolutely so,
1: Joe. And this game just shy of three weeks away. December 29th, that's a Wednesday. And the nightcap on that Wednesday in the bowl games that we have on the docket that day and right now Oklahoma a four and a half point favorite the over under total 16 hook of course Joe both of these teams for a majority of the college football season struggled to cover numbers when they were expected to cover numbers both as favorites this year had a below 500 record and win percentage as a favorite Oklahoma just five and six ATS as a favorite this year the only game they were not favored in a loss in Bedlam to Oklahoma State Oregon even worse than where Oklahoma stood three and six ATS as a favorite this year two and two ATS as an underdog including the Pac-12 title game against Utah both of those losses as an underdog coming against the Utes prior to that two straight outright wins for Oregon as an underdog against Ohio State early on in this college football season and then also against ucla in the rose bowl so neither team performed all that well as a favorite maybe oregon takes a little bit more of a carefree approach here as an underdog in the matchup in the valero alamo bowl on december 29th a wednesday in the nightcap kicking off around 9 30 p.m eastern time then the following day december 30th one day prior to new year's eve The Dukes Mayo Bowl. Oh yeah, we love us some Dukes Mayo Bowl. They like to have fun online. Last year, Joe, entering the Dukes Mayo Bowl, I did a little bit of content around the Wisconsin-Wake Forest matchup that I gave my pick for that game while eating a spoonful of raw mayo. I did not enjoy it, but Wisconsin got the win last year in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. This year, it'll be a great rivalry matchup between North and South Carolina, right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, UNC nearly a touchdown favorite, laying those seven points. The over-under total is 57 for the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels. What do you make of this matchup, Joe, in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl?
2: It is an interesting matchup. These teams started the year a couple of years ago in Charlotte to kick off, I believe, the 2019 campaign, or maybe it was the 2018 campaign. But you got to look at the quarterback situation. Obviously, Jason Brown was the quarterback for South Carolina at the end of the year. Luke Dottie and, and Zeb Nolan were both hurt for Shane Beamer, and, and he led them to a bowl appearance, got the victory over all, uh, Auburn, but then got blown out by a very physical team in, in the Clemson Tigers, didn't cover an 11.5-point spread at the end of the year. It's Mac Brown. Right. It's Sam Howell. There are offensive line concerns for North Carolina, but I still think they have the playmakers to challenge south carolina's defense over the top again it's a finesse type of team but they match up well against the gamecock secondary i think sam howell breaks out with a dynamic performance and north carolina does cover this game fairly easy by double digits
1: i mean even being in this spot joe having a bowl appearance in the first year under new head coach shane beamer for South Carolina down there in Columbia, that is a benefit and positive momentum to itself. Of course, they would love a win over their rival in North Carolina. I'm not so sure it happens because, like you mentioned, UNC has been booked as a favorite this year in nine of the 12 games in the regular season. UNC, four and five against the number, not covering by an average margin of about six points per game. That's not great, especially when they're laying a touchdown in this matchup. But South Carolina has been booked as an underdog in in eight of their 12 games this year just three and five against the number yes some outstanding outright wins in upset victories as an underdog as a 20 and a half point underdog beating florida 40 to 17 but as the year wore on that did not seem all that surprising by the time we got to the end of the year for the gators certainly in the second to last week of the regular season knocking off auburn as a touchdown underdog winning outright 21 17 an impressive performance for South Carolina and Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks but I don't necessarily expect them to be as competitive in this game against North Carolina I do believe the offense is still there for UNC they might be able to cover maybe pushing this thing over a total of 57 points so as we go through our next game here as we get ready for bowl season taking the early handicapping approach It's one of the best bowls every year, Joe. And it has one of the best names. It is the Cheez-It Bowl between Clemson and Iowa State. Joe, this game is so fascinating to me because look at both of these teams playing in the Cheez-It Bowl on December 29th. Both of these teams didn't have their hopes of playing in the Cheez-It Bowl entering the year. In fact, both of these teams were ranked in the AP Top 10 in the preseason. Of course, Clemson way up there at number three in the country. Iowa State had their highest ever ranking at number nine entering this season right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook the odds on the spread as I am seeing them are off the board but Iowa State a slight favorite at minus 115 on the money line the over under total 44 in a hook for the Cyclones and the Tigers of Clemson Joe what do you make of this matchup in the Cheez-It Bowl a great name for a bowl game
2: it is, and let's keep in mind, Brett Venables, defensive coordinator for Clemson, now the new head coach of Oklahoma, will not coach in this ball game. That's a major blow to the Clemson Tigers and their top-ranked unit that really carried this team to a 9-3 record, right? When when the offense sputtered, it was the defense that really led the way, holding opposing offenses right in the area of about 120 rushing yards per game, right in the area of about 31% on third-down conversions. But you have to give the edge to the quarterback to Iowa State and Brock Purdy. I mean, they haven't lived up to expectations this year, but there's Brock Purdy, there's Brees Hall, there's tight end Charlie Kohler that are a solid unit that can move the football. And Matt Campbell, in terms of weeks of preparation, even though he's going up against one of the biggest head coaches in college football, Dabo Sweeney, I have to give the edge to Iowa State here. I think it's a a very close ball game, but I'm going to take the Cyclones in this matchup. But the Cheez It Bowl Ben is always a dead under. There's certain bowls that are overs, like my yeah. favorite bowl, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. We didn't get into that conversation. I mean, I don't know if you know that, but the Cheez It Bowl. Remember TCU Cal a few years ago was a three point ball game, nine to six. Absolutely so, Joe. And when you look at
1: this under perspective for Clemson for most of the year, six of their first seven games under because the Clemson offense wasn't playing all that well. But Clemson finished the year winning five straight games and over in four of their last five, the only under in that stretch against South Carolina, who we just talked about in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl against UNC. And Clemson scored 30 points in that game. They just shut out uh, uh, South Carolina in that matchup so now they get Iowa State and they look to be at least a slight underdog as of right now you can think it might be a pick'em game minus 115 on the money line for the Cyclones minus 105 for the Tigers at the moment and Clemson only an underdog once in their 12 regular season games this year and of course they did not prevail as an underdog either covering that number or of course winning outright then against pittsburgh about midway through their acc conference slate but clemson did finish the year playing a lot better football scoring 30 or more in five straight games going over the 40 mark in two of those final fives i think even without brent venable's I'm going to look to Clemson in this spot as an underdog, maybe as we get closer to this game, Joe, in the Cheez-It Bowl, getting a better price on the Clemson Tigers. This is all the fun of bowl season. We're talking about games that are literally three weeks away, right? Like, we still have a lot of time. Three weeks from this very day will be the day of the college football playoff semifinals. Cincinnati and Alabama Georgia and Michigan so we have some time and bowl prep and all that goes into it we'll move these lines as we get more news about opt-outs who is playing and who is not what the interim staffs might be looking like how is Dabo Sweeney going to fill his coaching staff now that his longtime defensive coordinator Brent Venables is the new head coach in Oklahoma all of that will play a part in this and all of that will certainly affect the numbers so Joe it's always a good reminder to be on the lookout for what you might see over the next couple of weeks here in bowl season
2: yeah, and if you don't follow the college football landscape uh, heavily like we do, Ben, I don't recommend anybody laying up any money or tying it up for two or three weeks because these lines can change dramatically unless you feel you have a solid cap, meaning a team that's motivated, a team that's going to have their starting quarterback and a majority of their juniors and seniors. A team like Louisville, that's one of my best bets early on in terms of the bowl season mm. because of that team, 6-6 six and six overall, that foundation will be there keep an eye out because things change drastically and lines can move and you can lose a lot of money during bowl season
1: the cardinals a slight one point favorite right now in their bowl matchup against air force coming up here just shy of three weeks as well we round out our second hour of a football friday here on the morning after as we always do we need joe's insight on the jack cap of the week stay with us here on the grid Closing out our number two of the morning after on this football Friday, right here on sports grid Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the sports grid network. I am Ben Stevens joined by Joe Lisi for one final time rounding out our number two, Joe, every Friday, you know how we do it on this football Friday when we look at college football, normally our associate producer on this show, our former intern here on TMA Jack Weinberger gives us a handicap for a game or a couple of games for the weekend nobody caps football games like jack ended the year nine and six a great record and four of those nine outright money line winners he ended it with the aac conference championship game cincinnati covering against houston now speaking of cincinnati joe jack has one of the weirdest parlays i've ever heard it combines south florida in college basketball covering as a 12 and a half point underdog against auburn that game was in the middle of november that already hit at the same time jack decided to parlay that with cincinnati to win the national championship in college football at 60 to one so needless to say joe lisi he has a big payout potentially on the horizon in a parlay that is very live what do you think jack should do should he write it out should he cash out right now as which he has been presented on the fanduel sportsbook or should he try to find some hedging value for the college football
2: playoff? I would look for a little hedging value. Now, obviously, you know, for them to knock off the top-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, going to be monumental. I like Cincinnati to cover that ball game early on, but they're going to need a dynamic effort to do that. I suggest he hedges, though. And if they somehow, somewhere they beat Bama, then he could cash it out.
1: I agree, Joe. He told me, though, earlier in the week, Maybe I just write it out. I said, Jack, the options are not zero dollars or whatever you are going to get paid by the parlay. Do not be an idiot. Joe Lisi, you can see him tomorrow morning right here on the grid. College football today, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Joe, we appreciate it as always. Hour three of the morning after up next. Dispensing little pearls of sports strategy wisdom like gumballs from the machine where your dad used to take you for a haircut when you were a kid. <laughs>